I'm at the actual mic level. I want to make sure I wasn't blowing everyone out like like usual. No, we always fix that anyway. Oh, good. Don't worry about it. Okay. My deep resonant baritone. No, it's not that. Oh, it's just a really fucking You're loud. Just a loud guy. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. My name is Jeff, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friends Richard, hello, and Michael. Howdy. These guys, it has been my privilege to sit here and run roughshod as they debate, deliberate, and discuss the Mount Rushmore of many ubiquitous things, including this week's uh, topic, which is the Mount Rushmore of old electronics that you have uh, remembrance of from your childhood or youth. And I chose this... That's a hell of a Twitter tagline. Yeah. We're screwed on that Uh, one, guys. Yeah. We could also say Mount Rushmore of old electronics from your childhood. Yeah. We'll workshop it. Yeah. We'll workshop okay, okay, it. okay. So I chose this, and that is because I discovered this calculator at a garage sale last summer, and it has an owl on it. It's the form factor of a calculator, and I suspect that's what it was. But it was turned into kind of a poor kid's speaking spell, which is when, we, when I was Ooh. a kid, we didn't have the money to buy the speaking spell. So we had this uh Calculator called Quiz Kid. I remember Quiz Kid. You remember that? I remember Quiz Kid. So I loved this darn thing. And I loved it, and I loved it, and I cherished it. And it's hard for me to believe that there was a world where this something as cold and as unfeeling as a a computer chip board, you know, electronic circuit board, can be something that somebody can can cherish like it's the velveteen fucking rabbit. So um, I thought it might be worth discussing. So I chose it as a subject. Is there anybody who would like to go first? Thank you, Richard, for volunteering. I actually was going to volunteer. Oh, my God. So I am second. And the reason I asked them, you know, I was going to was because my first choice, I think, dovetails into the uh, your childhood reminiscence. Oh, cool. Well. Okay. And it is the Parker Brothers Merlin. Oh, cool. The Merlin. You remember this thing? I remember the Merlin. Okay, my cousin gonna, had it. I didn't have it, but my cousin had it. I'm going to play the uh, the ad for it. We'll hear if this actually like comes through on my... Uh, my cans here. Merlin's a game that you can play. You can play it six different ways. Some like to play at tic-tac-toe. Others can test their skill at echo. Some play a tune on Music Machine or try to play Blackjack 13. Merlin is six electronic games in one. It's really fun for most everyone in the family. Six pen light batteries not included. With lights and sounds. Six games in one. Merlin's a game that's lots of fun. Merlin, six electronic games in one. From Parker Brothers. Merlin. Now I wasn't. I'm not clear if they. I don't know if they made this clear enough in the ad, but it's six. Six games in one. There are six. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six games. Six games in, in one. one. Now, My- Michael, do you remember this thing at all? No, 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 no. I, I looked. I just looked up a looked picture up. while you were. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It basically, it's a big red. It looks like a cross between like an old school like Zach Morris cell phone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. plus some sort of like transcoder or something that like uh, yeah. they would have had on Star Trek. Yeah. And it's got like... It doesn't look like Merlin Olsen. No, no not much. No, okay. <laughs> uh, there are no FTD flower tie-ins. <laughs> um, and it's got just these like light-up buttons in the middle. And you could use it to play, like they said, six different types of games. One of them was Echo, which was essentially Simon Says. Yeah. Except they could, didn't have the rights to call it that, so they call mm-hmm. it something else. Another one was like a, you could make music with it, so each button had a different boop, 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 boop. Yeah. So you could like program it and play it back. Mm-hmm. And one that was kind of like ma- Mastermind. Uh, they had Blackjack on there, but I, I suppose because of the limitations of the programming, it was only up to 13. Hmm. 
Is that oh why it's called? That's why the commercial said Blackjack 13. Blackjack 13. That's exactly why it said Blackjack 13, because they, I guess they, you know, when you've only got like 12 kilobytes of a, of a computing power, you're not going to be able to get to 21. Uh, do you think the reason this was entertaining to young people is, or to people in general was that because fun had not been invented yet? <laughs> <laughs> or because this was an era where if you had a calculator, that was actually kind of something you would goof around with. I oh, remember sure. like messing around with a calculator to type dirty words or I, whatever. I, yeah. had, I had calculator on my list for a while, and I took it off. Did you? Okay. Because you could do hello upside down yeah. or boobs. Boobs. Yeah. Shell oil. Shell, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. Just, so when, that, when that's your baseline for fun. Yeah. Being able to play like six different types of games and the whole thing boops and beeps at you. Yeah. <laughs> it felt very like... The novelty of it. It was very novel. It mm-hmm. was also... I'm, I'm guessing that it was not something that the cool kids were actually playing with. Probably not. I think it, you had to be kind of a dork ass to be playing with this. And also, it was the type of game where you could play by yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you look at this ad, most of the kids are playing with the game by themselves. Yeah. So they might as well have said, are you a latchkey kid? Yeah. yeah. Are you, do you have a mean stepbrother who yeah. won't play with you? Yeah. Is your brother 10 years older than you? Are you an only child? This is perfect for you. Uh-huh. No uh-huh. friends? Here you go. The name Merlin definitely also inspires some, it, that it knows its target audience. Yeah. Either you have played D&D, are mm-hmm. currently playing D&D, or are looking into playing D&D at some point in the future. And also, you own the Merlin uh, handheld game. It yeah, had, it had a roll twenty dice feature, but of course, it was only roll thirteen. <laughs> mm. I feel like the jocks were maybe playing that electronic football game. Oh, sure. That yeah. And, and, and from a broader standpoint, this could have been just handheld electronic games. Mm-hmm. I think I, I I had debated putting on the electronic football, which is the one that had the the vibrating table. Well, no, this was the one. It was the table, but it was like the handheld one, and it had like the like the little. Dashed lights, yeah, and they would you'd have to like move them across the field, yeah, yeah, and whatever their that's their version of football was mm-hmm. just like lights that would go across mm-hmm. the field and you'd move up and down and try not to get tackled. In the most recent uh, Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy movie, that's like it's converted into some sort of receptor, yeah, 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 monitor, yeah. So what was it about this uh, device that had nostalgia for you? Was it? I had one, and I was a kid who <laughs> I was a kid who didn't have any friends. Yeah. We remember, we remember and, from uh, the Twanger episode. <laughs> yeah, when your only friend was Twanger. The the end of the, the thing behind the door. Yeah, that you'd sit there and just twang, twang boy. <laughs> I just twang this twang my Twanger and play with my Merlin, <laughs> and that's how I got through middle school. <laughs> you got you through exactly. And it made you the man you are today. Exactly. No, it was just it was like I said. There was a definite. Not this is this was right in the prime of. Here is the coolest shit that they have in the Sears catalog in 1981. Yeah, like it was one of the few things I remember having as a kid because we didn't grow up poor, but we didn't grow up with a lot of money either. Mm-hmm. Very working class, and it's one of the things I remember getting like when it first came out. Wow, yeah. close to it. Yeah, and so it was. I remember it was one of the few things that felt like, wow, this is really a kind of cutting edge and this cool hip electronic toy. Mm-hmm. Six games. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah, I think we. I had a Sony Walkman. And my, my, I think my dad must have stolen it or something because he wasn't playing Pink's child support, but he somehow got me a Sony Walkman. Happy cassette. birthday, kid. Here's a Walkman. It's going to kind of beat up a little bit. Yeah. It's got the, 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 the battery case on the yeah. back. is taped, taped up because he lost the... Uh, yeah. Property yeah. of Beverly like, taped on it. Do, do you... What I want to... you I would love to present this as evidence to anyone who says, these electronic toys kids have don't leave anything to the imagination. No, you needed to have an imagination <laughs> with play this to try to make this fun required a lot of imagination. Oh, it did totally. 
Okay, Michael, what do you got? Speaking of the Sony Sports Walkman, the yellow Sony Sports Walkman. Oh, dog. Uh, That's amazing. This was actually something that I recently found in my dad's garage. Oh, my God. Wow. And he had moved at least five or six times since I'd owned it in the mid-90s. Wow. Uh this is something that I've given to my one-year-old son, yeah. Felix, and he just loves pushing the buttons. He doesn't know what anything <laughs> that you do with it. He just loves opening the little catch on the side that locks the tape in place. Yeah. He loves pushing the buttons. He doesn't know that there's a very priceless Terrence Trent D'Arby single right. in there. <laughs> he doesn't understand what the little switch inside that ch- that changes it from like metal yeah. to regular, which... Yeah. As a near 40-year-old, I still don't know what the difference between metal and regular tapes are. It's, it's for whether you're listening to metal or not, right? Okay. <laughs> whether, you're, whether or not you are ready to rock. There is a yeah. second subsection, which is heavy metal. Heavy, oh, okay. oh. Yeah. So. Um, but no, I had like this Walkman that I used like every day of my life, pretty much, mm-hmm. from when, you know, when I was a, a, maybe a teenager until, I don't know, I was a late teenager, and then yeah. I got, got rid of it somehow. Yeah. But... Uh, the design is so classic, and it's just so rugged. And um, I just remember this. There was this thing that I just dragged around. It had the clip, and I would um, mm-hmm. before I got like a portable CD player that I could clip onto my, mm-hmm. you know, Dayglow green and purple shorts. This was what was clipped onto my yeah. shorts with the the little head headbud things. Did you earbud things? So music is often the way we socialize as young people and find our tribes and distinguish ourselves. Did you make cassettes from albums or did you use it no, to No, I we, I never quite had that. Well, you couldn't of, you couldn't do that with a, the Walkman. Yeah. Well, I don't mean with the device itself, but was was it how you uh I was was music an important thing to you as a young person connecting to other people or was it just a fun gadget? No, I think it was just like a fun gadget or yeah. thing that I lugged around all over the place. What I think is kind of interesting is watching videos of like six or seven year olds that are like t- today they're six or seven years old and watching them try to insert a tape and press. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. And I'm interested in that aspect of technology where uh, it's an old piece of technology that new a younger audience doesn't understand versus when you have a bunch of old people that don't understand what new technology is, yeah. there's a weird inverse where people are like, okay, so for Felix's birthday, my son just turned one. He, my sister sent us like a bunch of like baby Einstein DVDs that, uh, her daughter had grown up watching and like, they're still in fine shape or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we put one in the other day and it had the FBI loading screen, the baby Einstein logo. Yeah. The Disney logo, the Baby Einstein logo loading screen again, and we were just sitting there, and we were just like, "Get to the babies yeah. <laughs> on the screen!" And our patience for that sort of thing has uh-huh. just reduced down to nothing now that you can yeah. stream. And so, like thinking of what we were going to record today, and thinking of this episode, like these tapes were like you had to take a you had to get a cassette out of its case, put it in the thing, close the thing, da da da. And it's not complex, but it's like enough that a current audience is like, I don't. And if you wanted to get to a certain song, yeah, you just you had, had to, to yeah, you had to guess on it. it. Mm-hmm. You had to turn it over. You had to, like you know normal things that we all grew up with that people today are, or some kids today are like, this makes no sense. Yeah, and God forbid you start to get that grindy, the the, the chewing up noise. No, no, <laughs> that's that's my favorite Van Halen tape. No. <laughs> And you have to like wind it with your your hand, oh, yeah. or they get a pencil or something and jam it in there. 
Yeah, I, oh, the pencil to rewind it, yeah, classic. Yeah. I, I grew up in kind of an isolated, even though I had siblings, they lived with another, uh, with my other parent and not with me and my dad. And so I would walk to school and put my Walkman on, and I didn't feel like such a psycho <laughs> by myself. A Walkman was kind of a way to kind of be in your own okay, world there. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, what's your second one? Um, this is very similar, not quite the same, but I think we're in the same uh, world with this. Mine was boom boxes. Oh, wow. Um, because I, I had one, I had like a dual cassette boombox as well, right? With the turbo bass sort of feature. So this is where you could make your mixtapes, right? Yeah, you had that girl in junior high that you liked, and you were on, you weren't sure if she liked you back, and you mm-hmm. wanted to test the waters out. You'd make a make me to make a mixtape. some John Zorn, <laughs> exactly. <And laughs> I didn't date very much in school. I wonder. Well, I'm not sure why that uh, why that why that worked out that way. Um, it was a great it, way to share music. It was a great way to share music. Of course, you could record the music off of the radio. Oh, yeah. Which is something that kids don't do today because, A, they don't listen to the radio, and, B, they don't have a way to do that. And mm-hmm. then, C, why would they need to do it? They can just get everything off of Spotify. Yeah. Damn, kids get off my lawn. <laughs> um, and I remember having the boombox, and I also remember having it in my car, that my parents' car, and then the car that I was pa- passed down in college, not having a tape player or a, certainly not a CD player. So when I would go on trips with friends or I'd go anywhere, I would literally bring my boombox and put it in the car with me. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, you guys remember doing that? And having you'd have to, you'd have to make sure that your the eight D-cell batteries yep. lasted as long as well. they possibly could, and they never lost as long as you, they possibly could. Never did. Um, you'd have to try and balance it like on the center console. Of course, it would skip every time you hit like the slightest bump in the road. Um, let's see. If, if you left it in the car too long, it would melt. Good chance you might lose a CD or, D or, a, or a tape because it might melt. Um, the only time I ever got my car broken into was because I had left the uh, <laughs> boombox boom box on the floor instead of like putting it all the way in the truck because I didn't want it to melt. Mine had the, uh, the little like EQ that you could like manually adjust, like the uh, treble oh, wow. and the bass and the yeah. whatever. And I thought that I always got to like the perfect setting. And but who knows? I'm, I was a teenager. <laughs> like in the car, a teenager, you know. and I don't understand music. So I still don't. I, I mean, I think I'm pretty musically inclined. And even with the car, I just sort of like, I don't know, bass. Put up some bass. <laughs> yeah, there was always a, zero. I'm fine. There was always a tone, a button called tone. It just meant <laughs> shitty or not shitty. Like, like we had that on the we had that on the podcast. The yeah. first forty episodes, <laughs> forty episodes or something. The shitty tone button. <laughs> Um, and the funny thing is, I don't remember using it like a boombox in that you know, I would take it around, like to the beach or to town or like you know the stereotypical guy on your the, shoulder, guy with a boombox on his shoulder, yeah. going to Rockaway Beach or something like that. No, I don't ever remember doing that. I remember taking it with me in the car. I remember having it home, and there's nothing better than li- trying to listen to it with your headphones on because your mom doesn't want to hear it, and the headphones are like you know three feet long, so you're like tethered to this giant like <laughs> box thing that you're having to carrying around. I don't think I had a boom box until college. Really? Yeah, I didn't have one as a younger person, so I never had that opportunity to woo a young lady standing in her yard <laughs> with, with a, a trench coat. <laughs> you had a trench coat, nothing yeah. else. <laughs> the trench coat. That was, that was part of the problem, right. Again, didn't date a lot. In, in school, I, d- so. I did like that the boom box, at, at least in some respects, was like forward thinking. Or at least, like, you could plug in. Like I said, I eventually got like a portable CD player. Mm-hmm. I eventually could plug that in out of the auxiliary jack into like a red and white RCA jack on the boombox. So yeah. I could listen to music at home 
like through my CD player, but through the boom box. Mm-hmm. Right. And mostly it was like Pearl Jam while playing Donkey Kong Country, <laughs> which uh, th- whenever I listen to like Vitalogy mm-hmm. or uh, Versus, I only think of Donkey Kong Country for the we've, Nintendo. We've got the flavors of music listening that we've got uh, Walkman, Boombox. One thing we didn't have is the hi fi system. Yeah. No one mentioned that, but the hi fi system would be like. That was a little bit, I think that was before the boombox even. Mm-hmm. I remember the hi-fi yeah. system, the one that had like the record player and the tape player and the stereo and oh yeah, God knows a ham radio on there or something yeah. like that. We had like, we had like a little home stereo system too that like my dad would. What was it, hi-fi? I don't, it was fi. Oh, okay, low-fi, <laughs> mid-fi. <laughs> that, that he'd play like, he'd, we could put, play records on, it had like a cassette player on there, but like we didn't, it was always out, but we didn't use it that much. I think he just kind of. Kept it out for old time's sake. Yeah. Decorative purposes almost. The, um, I shoot, I, I, I imagine the boom box was something that didn't exist. And then the D cell battery manufacturers were trying to think, <laughs> we need something that eats the shit out of these D cell batteries. What can we invent? I know. We'll invent, we'll invent a, a boom box. And this thing will have about 30 minutes, about the yeah. life of a three quarters of a CD. The three CD, yeah. Um, and the other thing about the boombox, and maybe and depending on your version of Walkman, whether it was digital or not, was trying to get the radio station tuned in right. Mm. And it was such a fucking oh, chore yeah. trying to like get the little dial like mm-hmm. exactly on, you know, KRZR or whatever station you were listening <laughs> mm-hmm. to, Fresno's rock alternative, and trying to like, I got it, I got it. Oh, no, it went away. Fanicky, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, what's your second choice? Well, Richard, I know that you talked about not having cool electronics as a kid. Uh, mm-hmm. I did. Mine is the Nintendo Power Glove. Oh, shut up. Man. Wow. I had it, and I was sucked in by the commercial, maybe by this guy right here. Oh, with the smoke? I know, oh, know that cool. guy. Everything else is child's play. That's Julian Assange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the commercials worked on me. Yeah. Uh, the movie The Wizard worked on me. Everyone wanted to be Fred Savage. Sure. Wow. Uh, or his kind of like um, young brother who uh, was just like a savant at video games and nothing else. Right. Uh, I, for, you know, I, my parents were very good about getting me like a good single birthday present every mm-hmm. year like and this probably hit right around my birthday or whatever yeah and the only trouble i mean there's a lot of troubles <laughs> with the nintendo power glove one uh you know the commercials make it it look like it's so easy it looks like you can do everything mm-hmm. you're punching at these this little double bar sort of apparatus thing it's really kind of like a proto like nintendo wii right where they have like these sensors that you have to put on your tv uh we just didn't have a big enough tv that could balance the thing so this thing was kind of hanging off the edge hmm. for one but like you know you'd play like mike tyson's punch out and you'd punch in the air and nothing would happen and you get the and like you have you. to like do things with your hands and your fingers and eventually you just take it off and you're playing it with like the, <laughs> the, the, the pad on the side yeah i think another thing around that time that the movie the wizard and the power glove really pushed was the nintendo like video game championships sure uh, made me feel like I could play in the eleven to like twelve, eleven to thirteen year old range. Because if you because if you won, you could could get a date with Jenny Lewis. Yes, right. <laughs> uh, I went and was not very good. Oh, oh dear. Wait. So there's like a prelims what, what or game, like a... what game was it? It was there are three games in there. There was you had to like score points in uh, Mario Brothers, the original right. Mario Brothers, and Brad Racer and Tetris. I know somebody, a uh, listener of the show, Brian Keegan. 
who did very well in this. I think got like second or third because mm. he realized that in Mario Brothers, it was about scoring points. It wasn't about actually finishing or anything about like that. The time. Yeah, so while everyone else is trying to like jam through time wise, he was just sitting there like He's collecting points and breaking doing... blocks and getting coins. That's interesting. Yeah, so he kind yeah. of gamed the system a little bit too. 11, 12 uh, year old me didn't know. Idiot. But like, I guess you can, uh, but like, that was, I remember at the time there was like this barrage of like the movie The Wizard was pushing the Power Glove as this ultimate thing, which was pushing this Nintendo championship mm-hmm. as this ultimate goal plus you had the nintendo power magazine behind it (laughs) nintendo power plus you know this cool kid with floppy hair just looking like a supreme badass and like it's funny how like advertising really just works on everybody especially 10 year olds yeah i mean since i had every he-man character as well Uh like that that obviously worked there but it it extended to that kid is also the michael the ad you showed us uh, featured a kid who looks like he is Kind of hero of the story, but also he's got some some nefarious powers at his behest. He's wearing like a black turtleneck, yeah, and it has some weird like insignia on the collar. He looks mm-hmm. like he's possibly from like some sort of dystopian future. Yeah, uh, he's only survived because he has the you know he's got the knows the secrets of the glove. You know, Power Glove is actually a, a name of a bar in West Hollywood now too. But the that kid also is the progenitor of. If you ever look at like Nerf packaging there's always the evil looking kids the kids mm. who like they have the power like they're the bad kids <laughs> do you ever see those ads because <laughs> it used to be like every kid on a game thing was like blonde fair-haired kid with the big grin on his face yeah. now they have boxes just shows the kid who just he wants to fucking murder somebody <laughs> he just has the other kids in a headlock yeah <laughs> stepping on their throat or he's the kid version that's a of weird that's a weird advert for my little pony yeah of the euro trash people in um all the diehard films <laughs> that's the kid version of it Okay, guys, looks like we're at our halftime for the uh, this episode, which is the Mount Rushmore of old electronics you have as a kid. And uh, I'm going to ask you to join us on our social media sites, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter. That's where you can engage with us and let us know your ideas for future subjects we could discuss here on Mount Rushmore. Let us know the categories that you think we missed on subjects we've tackled already. And in general, just... Get in a dialogue with us. We'd love to hear what you think about the podcast. Another place you can let us know what you think about the podcast is the iTunes or Stitcher uh, pages where we host the cast. You can leave comments. You could download, rate, and review. Uh, do do that. Do, do, do that. We would really appreciate it and it'll help other people who are uh, um, of the like mind as you find our podcast. Um, not, But it's not just about our podcast. We support uh, all the community of folks who aren't these big, big, big uh, um, kind of industry-fueled podcasts, but the up-and-coming underdogs. Uh, we want to promote those guys, too. Here's a promo for one. Remember the excitement after opening all your presents at Christmas time? And behold, Santa brought you an Atari 2600 and an extra controller. Remember sitting two feet from your color-enhanced Zenith television while your friends huddled around you as you played the newest games like Pitfall, Frogger, and Centipede? We played for hours on end and watched the days slip by as our hands cramped from holding the controller in the same position. But we didn't care. Now that we're all grown up, we get to reminisce and feel the nostalgia once more. Only this time, we share them with someone who has never lived in the 80s or even the 90s. Each week on 8-Bit Avenue, Matt and Katie give Reagan a tour on how cool old things can become new again. Listen on Blazing Caribou Studios, go to BlazingCaribouStudios.com, or look for 8-Bit Avenue on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And 
Since you're our listener, we want to give you something. It's something electronic. It's something we think you're going to like. And that is a free audiobook download when you take part in a free trial of Audible. That's right. Uh, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore, and you can pick uh, from over 180,000 titles that you could download to your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You might even pick When Gadgets Betray Us, The Dark Side of Our Infatuation with New Technologies by Robert Vamasi. What a name. To download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com slash Rushmore. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash Rushmore for your free audiobook. Is it true that this is one in a small series of technology podcasts that we're going to be doing? Yeah, we're in the, currently we're in the E part of our TED talk. Okay. The first one was <laughs> what? Kickstarter. Kickstarter fiascos. fiascos. Now we're in a electronics we used to have and uh, maybe a third one next week. Oh, Who wow. knows? Uh, the E stands for electronics. The T stands for Kickstarter. I'd work on that. Okay. Uh, so, um, Richard, what is your third choice? My third choice are, is the VCR, the video cassette recorder. Wow. Or Vince's controlled rectum. I think it's also what it stood for. TED stands for other things. <laughs> so does VCR. So does VCR. Um, I remember, I, this is one of those things I was thinking about that, boy, the VCR really got replaced by the TiVo. And now the TiVo is old technology. Yeah. Like, I don't know anyone who has an actual TiVo. Maybe you've got digital cable and it's got some sort of way to record yeah. things. They're, but they're holding your information on their cloud that you can access yeah. at, the, at your leisure, kind of. Do you right. mean a DVR? I think actual. DVRs are still... there. I think there may be a hard drive on your DVR. Maybe not. Maybe it's all on demand. I'm not sure. I, 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 just, I just mean actually having like a physical like TiVo box. That brand TiVo. Yeah. Oh, sure. That okay. doesn't exist. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's one of those brands that I, I, they may be like... If you have a BlackBerry, let us know if you also have a... Trio TiVo. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so it's just amazing to me how like we're now like several steps away from this technology that, that fundamentally changed entertainment. Yeah. I mean, you know, this may have these major lawsuits around it and this mm-hmm. whole idea of... Was it legal for you to record something on yeah. HBO? Um, I remember as a kid, this is, my dad worked late night. My dad worked like a swing shift, so he worked like three to midnight. I think I've probably told this story before. But if there was like a, a football game on during the week or usually maybe an auto race or something like that, that I knew he'd want to watch, I would record it for him uh. and leave a note for him. Say, hey, dad, recorded the game, recorded the race. You know, starts at thirty four oh six of yeah. this tape that uh-huh. I taped over ten thousand times. Yeah, um, and that was kind of our way to sort of like almost communicate with oh, each wow. other. Um, or as I got older, I would record something and then stay up late and then wait for him, and then we would watch it mm-hmm. together, like at twelve thirty at night. Yeah. Um, if I knew there was like, hey, I watched the race, and you're gonna want to watch this. It's really cool. Da da da. I just remember having to try and. It was about 50-50 if you could actually like record sure, something yeah. programmable. Invariably, something would go wrong. Maybe you know, your mom would change the channel when it was supposed to be on ESPN, and mm-hmm. she, you know, do not change channel. Yeah, like she would change the channel anyway, or just you'd put in it'd be AM instead of PM. Mm-hmm. Invariably, something would get honked up with it. Eventually, they started getting a bit more advanced, and you could record on a different channel. Than you were actually watching. Yeah. Like you could program it to. Right. That's, I think that's when like the TiVo people were like, what if you could just 
record stuff and just know so you don't have to be watching it. Like that was the best part about a VCR eventually that you could just record stuff that you, while, you, you know, you, you know, I got into watching, you know, I watched uh, Channel 4, which, you know, like the Cosby show and different stuff, but then also The Simpsons was on at the same time. And at some point, you had to just choose. Yeah. Eventually, you didn't have to choose. You could just record what you wanted to, watch the other thing live, and go back and record it off the other channel. You'd had, you, had to do, you had to get in and do, like, you had to have the right VCR and the right trickery for it. But, um, yeah, it was, like, mind-blowing that, that, you, that you wouldn't miss something that you wanted to see, because otherwise you'd have, you, you'd just miss it. And sometimes you would just record random crap, and it would just stay on a tape for, like, forever. Mm. Like, a lot, of times, a lot of times stuff got recorded over, and eventually the tape would just break down because yeah. you recorded over too many times. But I know after, like, my brother passed away, I went to my family house, and we were, I, I was just going, we were just going through all the crap to get, start getting it moved out. And I found, like, these old tapes that I immediately recognized were, like, ones that I had recorded as a kid. That's wild. And I just went in there, and there's, like, music videos and, like, old, yeah, old sports stuff and, you know, God knows what. It's just random crap that, mm-hmm. that had been floating around that I remember recording 30-some-odd years ago. Wow. Um, so, I mean, and, and it's interesting. I think that, so there's two parts there, right? There's, like, the the VCR as a way for you to consume, you know, programming and movies and entertainment from the actual studios, which that was revolutionary. Yeah. The fact that you could just go and rent, mm-hmm. you know, Gone with the Wind. It wasn't, like, something that you had to wait that one time every year when it was played on CBS, yeah. that just anytime you wanted to, you could watch it. Then there's that other part of it that it was just like you could but there's you could just record random stuff and just have it. Mm-hmm. And just always be watching it. And just whatever you go, oh, hmm. I remember watching the I think I have the music I think I have that music video. It's here and fast forward and be able to watch it. Yeah. It was you know, old MTV music music awards I think were on there. It's just it's just it's I think the ability to have almost like a a snapshot and a a, a time capsule of what you were into at this certain mm-hmm. age, it was it blew my mind to be able to go back and find those. Yeah, the investment in purchasing a film was so significant then compared to what it is now. Because I remember it gave birth to a funny idiom when some people would say, "Hey, do you like Shawshank Redemption?" Somebody, would say, yeah, I own it. Do you remember people saying, "Oh, yeah"? That? You wouldn't say that ever with a book. Do you like? <laughs> Uh, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Yeah, I own it. But like purchasing a VHS film was seventy dollars. Sometimes it was a commitment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or like as, yeah, that was that was always like the threat if you lost one, returning it to the uh, to the the movie store, the movie rental place. Oh, yeah. Was like, oh, this isn't just like a five dollar light fee. You owe seventy dollars, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I, I don't, don't like Three Amigos that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. Right. <laughs> so let's uh, do. You, do you find that um, there's other nostalgia in because of the analog format? Because there's something preciously analog about VHS too. Because right. you could record something and it had all the idiosyncrasies of the NTSC broadcast system, where you'd lose tracking or oh, you'd sure. lose. <laughs> I was going through, and by the way, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up in a second. But I was going through an old Radio Shack catalog, and they had one of the things that they had was a a device that you would plug into your VCR so you could improve the tracking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is how bad the VCR was. Yeah. That you needed something else to be able to make it watchable. Yeah. My aunt and uncle were the only people I knew that had 
the Betamax version of the mm-hmm. VCR. Yeah. And it was always very confusing to go over and we'd walk down the hill from their place, me and my older cousins to like Music Plus to run a video. And like, I don't know, like they didn't have enough in beta yeah. to like the selection wasn't ever yeah. very good. And like eventually that all got phased out and it was always like disappointing to the point like we can't watch movies over here anymore. Yeah. They don't have movies don't have for it. this anymore. I guess we're watching The Wizard of Oz again. Yeah. yeah. And, and how did they, oh, by the way, did, did your aunt and uncle have the tape rewinder? No, my stepdad did. That was that was a power. It was the shoebox. That sort was of. a power move. I, yeah. I I remember a friend of mine had what had one. It looked like a car. Mm. It's like a Ferrari. Yeah. Oh race yeah. Car. Yeah, it was a race car because you could rewind it like you know half the time. Mm-hmm. And how did people? God, watching porn in the days of VCR must have been. You're talking to the right guy. Miserable. I'm looking at you, Jeff. <laughs> You're talking to the right guy. <laughs> you just can't. You can't just go to the scene that you want. You got to actually like like watch it or fast forward and go back. Yeah, it's not. It's not not true now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Also probably yeah, true. Yeah. And again, the last thing about this is you had to make that choice. Are you recording it in SP? LP? Yeah. SLP? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like the metal versus regular yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, button. And it was always like one of them could record six hours and one of them could record four hours. And it was never clear why you would ever want to choose yeah. the crappy one. But somehow this was an option that you would always wind up accidentally. Yeah. Doing. Also, the, the not at all foolproof... Um, override of the um it was a little tap that you broke off if you didn't want anybody to record in your cassette oh that's right <laughs> and they inherited that from the actual uh audio cassette was the right. thing and uh, y- the only way you could fix that was a piece of scotch tape <laughs> right <laughs> how where am i gonna get that michael what is your third uh when i was uh 14 15 it was a very good year i got the most amazing gift oh a casio remote control Watch. Whoa. Wait, wait, hold on. Remote controlled watch? It no, was no, a watch was, that could control it, things remotely. Oh, okay. Yes. I thought, I, okay. I thought it was a watch that you had a remote control and you could. <laughs> I don't know what I you could, could put do it on it, my yeah. ankle. It's something out of like James Bond when suddenly yeah. you can turn the TV off like just by clicking yeah. the power button on your watch and nobody knows. So it was an Apple watch, basically. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, I have two stories that I remember from it. The rest are. Who knows? It doesn't matter. But the first one is uh, my dad's TV. I was able to program with my watch and something in the programming within his television eventually got so screwed up that you could not turn the TV on with the regular remote control. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you needed the watch. You needed to do the it. watch. You could probably, I think you could walk up to the TV and turn it on, uh-huh. like just with the power button, but you could not. Like the remote on the TV that we had, like on our the, coffee table. The TV, like the watch, better than the remote. I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it just got in there and it just scrambled it, and it was just like, I'm not doing this anymore. Wow. Um, and that became, you know, an area of concern with my dad when he'd yell at me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for like this thing that I was like, I don't know. I just. Do you have to come home from college to turn off the TV? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of felt that way. Oh, it's Christmas, Michael. Turn off the TV, will you? And then. Uh, in my senior year of high school, I was in a word processing class with my friend Josh Singer. And the class was too easy. It was just, it was like typing or word processing. And it was just too easy. And after two weeks, my counselor was like, this isn't the class for you. You need a, something a little bit harder, something that looks better on your admission slip, trying to get into college and all that. Yeah. Said the same thing to Josh as well. And they transferred us two or three weeks late into like computer science class. Oh. I did not have a computer at home. Oh. I did not know 
my way around a computer in any way. It was very confusing. Yeah. Uh, needless to say, both of us failed out of that class. Failed in our senior year, the first <laughs> semester of high school. And um, it was like halfway through, and we both knew that we were behind in homework. Yeah. And the teacher brought out a video, and he was like, use your watch on the TV. Oh, and so we'd sit there at the back of the class and turning this thing on and off <laughs> and just trying to fuck around in class. because so like, it's just your Hail Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing else at that point. But this watch... I was able to change the TV. I should get a D. <laughs> uh, this watch was great. And the, the, my favorite thing about the watch is that no one believed I had it until you whip it out and then you start turning the TV yeah. on and off. But it was never like... I bet you got, you got laid so much because of that Zero watch. times. Oh. The, <laughs> but also... It was uh, like zapped, but not it at was all. Like, it wasn't just like it worked. You couldn't just like point the watch. You had to click, click through and find the right frequency. Oh, wow. So you had to sit there and you're just like, okay. And it turned off and you had to go, okay. And you had to press a couple of buttons to set it. And oh. then you could control it. So like your impressive display of like turning the TV on and off from across the room, mm-hmm. you had to like, it was like a magician setting up a trick in front of you yeah. before he did the trick. Yeah. And people are just like, oh my God, I'm in college <laughs> and I do not care. <laughs> this is the worst. Wow. I, do you think Cassio was just a bunch of zany guys uh, coming up with just crazy, wacky stuff? Like, what if... You can spell um, boobies upside down yeah. on your watch, and also you can turn the TV off. What it more just, do you need? What more do you need? It was just like the, the, all the, up all the, the guys thing. from Revenge of the Nerds eventually left, eventually left Adams College and just went to work at Casio <laughs> doing Casio. nonsense. All right, Richard, the final countdown. All right, my last one is the metal detector. Whoa, you had one of these? We had a metal detector, and it wow. was the bright orange model from Radio Shack. Wow. And that's why I mentioned I was going through the Radio Shack. They have a, you can go online and find every, basically every Radio Shack catalog going back to the 50s. Oh, Did can you? you? Available uh, sorry, online. Did you send me that one time, Richard, like that write up of the oh, old Radio Shack catalog? That was, yeah, what that was, was, a, was a, uh, that was the John Boys, the, uh, when he used to work at Radio Shack and yeah. all the, how terrible it was to work there and all the crap. And then they had the link to the. When you, whenever you post this on, online, can you post just the link to that as well if you have it someplace? I will, okay. I will find that it. That was a, one of my favorite reads of all time. It's a great read. Um, but so, yeah, I found these Radio Shack catalogs. I, I started trying to get ideas and just reading. I started going back like the early 80s through the 80s. And I realized technology hadn't, didn't change in, like, the 80s. It feels like it did. But you go through and you look at those Radio Shack catalogs, and I assume that, that Radio Shack back in the 80s still was on top of, like, the electronics world. If it was electrical, they, yeah. were, they, they were about it. It was all the same stuff. You know, the... You mean throughout the 80s? Yeah, or what? Oh, yeah, yeah, like... like you think about how much technology changed from the ninety in, in the nineties, yes, or the two thousands. The rate of like just yes. advancement, and technology didn't advance in the eighties. They were still selling the same damn metal detectors, yeah. in nineteen eighty two as they were in nineteen eighty nine, mm-hmm. or computers. There was still the TR eighty Tandy, and then you got to yeah. like eighty nine, and it was cheaper, maybe a little bit more powerful, but it's still playing the same damn games and the same programs that looked basically the same. Yeah, I mean. Things did not change that much for, for a whole decade mm-hmm. in terms of if you're just going by the Radio Shack or the Sears catalog was the other one I was able to pull up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had the metal detector, which, I, to be fair, I don't know what really you could change in metal detector technology. 
I guess maybe you can make it go deeper, but mm-hmm. you know, if, if it's more than a couple of feet underground, you're not going to dig that far. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So here are the things that you always thought you would find with the metal detector. Oh yeah, here we go. Gold coins, mm-hmm. rings, mm-hmm. maybe a watch, mm-hmm. earrings, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what you would find? Pennies, mm-hmm. bottle caps, mm-hmm. pull tabs from yep. beer cans, yep. mm-hmm. actual beer cans. Mm-hmm. Basically, that was about it. Dog shit. Stuff that was buried that yeah. like, you don't want. Like a wooden leg or like part of a wooden leg. I wish I would have found a wooden leg. If That'd I was cool. a kid and I would have found a wooden leg, I would have told everyone in class. Yeah. yeah they always yeah. show, they always show like the, the guy, IUD. Uh, you know, metal detecting along the beach. And that is prime pirate ship yeah. loot <laughs> yeah. material right there. It all gets washed up right there. Exactly. The, the, blo- the, the balloon. Yeah. yeah. There was always that guy. I, I imagine the first day. <laughs> You find another metal detector that somebody just <laughs> threw down in disgust. Like, Fuck this thing. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I remember my dad would go out to, we lived across the street from the high school, and he would go out to like the, the, the high school, like the field, like the, you know, the, the practice football fields and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he'd oh, I'm going to see what I can find. And I was always like, my mom's like, all right, good luck. Have fun for an hour wandering around aimlessly around the football field. Yeah. You know, you know that you just got that for your father to get him out of the get house. Get the hell out of here! I, <laughs> I just need an hour of my by myself. Just go walk around in a circle with this thing on the ground. And there's the type of thing I remember as a kid. The first did they take D cell batteries? That's, yeah, well, that's what you could find with them. Yeah. Were old D cell batteries yeah. in people's boom boxes. <laughs> I just remember, like, for a while, going with my dad. Like, hey, want to come out with me to go? Uh, go look for stuff. Yeah, sure, sure, I'll come. Then after a few months, it was like, you want to come out? I got better things to do, no. Pops. No, I, I got better things to do. Than we got bottle caps here. Be, be the dork who is all my friends see like wandering around the football field. <laughs> <laughs> that, With the headphones on because I need to hear what the, the beep beep is. I don't know if, if, you, uh, if this is on your final choice, Michael, but did you have radar detector? On there, by any chance? Because radar detector was something that did the opposite of what you needed it to do. Like, for for me, um, the radar detectors that I had went off so frequently uh, that you began to ignore them. But you still had that false sense of of, uh, calm, knowing that you had a radar detector. And so you stopped looking for the police. Right. And... You kept speeding like an idiot and ignoring the radar detector. And then you got caught. And then, then you got caught. Then they'd look at the radar detector and go, yeah. what the? Yeah. Why, why didn't you see me? <laughs> How did you see me? Well, because every time I drive past the Burger King, the microwave sets this thing off. Or every, everything, every other schmo who has a radar detector sets this thing off, too. Right. And so that's the, that's the thing about the metal detector, right? It's like... False want, alarms. Yeah. You, you want it to be able to pick things up. But if it's too sensitive, then it's picking up. Everything, yeah, like just metal in the earth's crust. Somehow, you're, you're trying to dial it in the way you're trying to dial in 106.7 on your boombox. Yeah, so you're exactly. never going to get there, and you're just going to get like a. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> always going to be a little fuzzy. A beer yeah. can. Yeah. Now the, I and I don't know. I, I haven't. I, I I don't see anyone. At, I used to see people at the beach with yeah. these things. I don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we just have a, as a society have just figured out there's nothing. Yeah. Worthwhile or. If, or if I, I don't know why you don't see these anymore. You think somebody would be using these? Yeah, all all the gold bricks that were just two inches under the sand were unearthed <laughs> in the seventies and eighties. Right. Yeah. You would think now everything that's been lost in the last thirty years, nobody's looking for. Nobody's so, looking so here's for a tip to my listeners: go out there, get yourself a metal detector, get out to the beach. Yeah. You will find like a gold watch. Yeah. I promise you, guaranteed. Yeah. 
Hey, cool. It's a wiener piercing. (laughs) (laughs) This thing's paying for itself. Uh, Michael, it's your responsibility to end this. Okay. I want to show you guys just a quick picture. Okay. We'll set this up. Listeners. This is within uh, six months of me going to college. Wow. And you will see, uh, I'm at college here. And you will see on my wall there is uh, listeners. Imagine college three, four, five, six, seven, like eight Star Wars posters, a dozen comic book sh- uh, posters, a Star Wars shirt. As you can see, I'm wearing the remote control watch. Sweet uh, on my wrist. You can also see the bras from all the action. That's right. <laughs> this was actually on the first date with a girl. To be truth, uh, there's a <laughs> there's a pencil sharpener, an electronic pencil Sweet. sharpener, and right next to it is my pick. Which is a word processor. Oh, cool. How unprepared for the reality of college was I sent off to college, not only with all of my comic book swag, but with a fucking word processor instead of a, comp- a computer. computer. Oh, I had one too. So yeah, you and I, brothers in arms on this thing. This so, was this was nineteen ninety six. You were in college what a year or two year before? Year two before, yeah. And my roommate had a computer. Uh I previously mentioned that I failed computer science <laughs> and uh, you do not, maybe you got, you, maybe you guys know how hard it is to type up a report, to type up like a term paper, to type up anything on a word processor and hope that it saves, like that you're typing it up on that little LCD screen yeah. before it actually prints Yeah, and to hope that it saves into whatever internal memory that that thing may or may not have. All five, all five uh, K. Maybe, maybe you had a thing that had a floppy disk it could save onto. Maybe you didn't. I don't remember if mine did or not. Mm-hmm. I remember losing a number of papers and having oh. to retype. Everything that I did was like written out first and then typed up. I don't know if I would ever... Like nowadays, I wouldn't do it. I would just save it on the computer. But right. like that feeling of technology used, that used to be useful mm-hmm. and then get to a place where like reality kicks in. You're like, oh my God. What this is embarrassing. Yeah, I mean everything else about that picture is embarrassing too, including like the bonsai tree and the job of the hut <laughs> toy. That's as you know, I'm 18 years old. Yeah, but like that in itself, in terms of like a working instrument, a working piece of technology, is so uh-huh. outdated at that time. Yeah, it was just astounding to me that like I look back and be like, oh my god, I would. What what am I sending my kid off to mm-hmm. in 20 years or whatever? I when I was in college, I had the word processor, pro, word processor, and I also uh, is very similar to that model, I think, um, and I had the same issues. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like even at the time you realize this is not the best technology. Um, but Sarah had a actual like Apple IIe type. I don't know exactly what it was. It was one of those type of mid-90s sort of like Apple computers that I think she had won in some sort of like scholarship contest. Oh, wow. And she also had a dot matrix printer. Oh, my God. Which was great because suddenly when I started dating her and and I would just, you know, we'd just share the computer or whatever, I wouldn't have to worry about using my crappy word processor. The bad news is this dot matrix printer was about as loud as an airplane landing. Yeah. And it would be three in the morning and you're trying to print this thing, and you're literally waking people up in the hall. Oh, mm-hmm. We'd have to move it into the hallway of the dorm, and like put like a a blanket or something over it, just anything to try and keep this thing quiet, so you don't wake people up because it's three in the morning. You finally finished this damn paper, and now you're printing out. <laughs> Do you guys realize that for centuries there was nothing? <laughs> 
other than pen and ink. Uh, for me, that the the word processor would have been amazing to have. I had I, a I typewriter. Think, I think it comes down to like a feeling too of like being a little not shamed, but like when your roommate has a new piece of technology. Yeah, right. It's not humbling is not quite the word because it was just like it was so different. You felt so like. Oh, we come from very different places. Felt like a yeah. pumpkin a little bit, and especially when you get to college and like everything was required to be typed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think all of my papers in high school were required to be typed. You could write stuff out; some were typed or whatever. Yeah. But like once you get to college and everything has to be, and the technology that you're using, like you can either use your word processor or go to like the computer lab and fight for space, or what you know. Right. It's like, it's just it's a strange feeling to be like. Oh, everyone else is at a different level, and yeah. then you're kind of like bringing up, yeah, behind from behind. I I feel like that word processor. You know what's crazy is I did get a theater degree. I got a liberal arts degree with a specialty in theater, so I didn't have a lot of classes where I had to turn papers in. But I but I had them. We had electives. Yeah, I don't think I used a, an actual typewriter till my last year of school. It's bizarre. It's and, handwritten, you know, just we, handwritten I turned stuff? in handwritten papers. Well, he was like, he, he, I mean, he yeah. was a theater major, so it was all like a quill and like a <laughs> yeah. parchment paper. Yeah, uh, but I do think that the word processor is kind of something that in the world of typewriters, you're like a wizard. It's amazing. Mm. It would be like a wagon that had one wheel that had a little motor on it. Yeah. Once there are cars, you look like an asshole. Yeah. But in a world that's mostly horse-drawn things, you look like a wizard. You look like an amazing <laughs> well, person. I remember recently trying to explain the concept of a typewriter to my kids. And oh, wow. That's like, how do, you, how do you explain this idea of like, no, you actually had to put the paper in, and you would hit this, and then the little thing would come up and hit the ink thing. And yeah. If you made a mistake, you had to go. You had to hope that maybe you could catch it in time, so it was in the, mm-hmm. on the same line, and you could do the wow. backspace. But if not, you had to like use the wow. out. and they were just like, "What?" <laughs> but you just have the computer and you hit print. That's what no, you do. no, sweetie. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a cool topic. I appreciate you guys uh, going down memory uh, lane with me on this one and traveling back to those things that. Even though they might not be like a stuffed animal or like a toy, there were things that we had a lot of nostalgia invested in, um, even though they're technology items. So I'm just going to look down the list and grab things that pop out to me. Merlin, for sure. Um, I envy those who had one. I did not have one myself. And Richard, can I come over to your place and play Merlin sometime? Oh, yeah. You can play with my Merlin anytime. Hey, you want to play some uh, Blackjack 13? <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I got an ace. I don't even know what the ace does. Do you hit anymore. on 12? Do you hold on 10? <laughs> I don't have... I don't, you have that card for 21? You yeah. know what they always give you? I, yeah. I don't know. I don't have a card for 13. Um, definitely, uh, Michael, the... Um, this is going to be kind of a twin thing for you. The amount of power that you wish to have between your watch and your glove <laughs> and your desire to exert influence on the world. It is like Thanos. It in his hand. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's your power glove. Yeah, it was literally your Thanos glove. The Thanos. Um, so one for each of those. And then um, I, because I think it's something that is so... It's a world we all stayed in for really a decade or so. Richard, the VCR, uh, very evocative. So it's two and two in the world of technology. The E of our TED um, series for this uh, summer. So um, thanks, guys, so much. This has been the Mount Rushmore uh, podcast. My name is Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. And I am Merlin. 
Thank you for listening.